Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the South Ask, the sexiest financial podcast in the world. This is where finance meets romance. You can hear it in my throat <laughs> that I've been doing too much of the romance stuff, not the finance stuff. <laughs> but the show must go on, so I'm happy to be here. Um, this is the um, sexiest financial podcast in the world. Today we're going to be discovering, discussing, discovering, and discussing a lot of financial topics, relationship <laughs> topics. What's going on in the world? Nat, what do we do on this show? You, I'll let you do this one. Oh, well, welcome, everybody. It's the favorite, your favorite place, the only place to where we want to see you get paid, laid, and do it your way. Okay, that's <laughs> right. Paid, laid, and do it your way. Yes. Nat's in the house. we got a special panel today. <laughs> guys, full disclosure, I'm not feeling my best. So these guys right here are going to over-deliver. Yes. Usually, I'm very talkative, rambunctious. But today, these guests are going to crush it. They're no... They're no uh, uh, stranger to cameras. They're, they're all very um, famous in their own right. Uh, so today they're going to step up and deliver. So we got Tyler McBroom in the house, CPA, tax strategist to the stars. What's going on? Uh, friends with Tony Robbins, partners with Tony Robbins, massive Instagram following. Moved recently from California to Jupiter. Uh-huh. He's in the house. He's, uh, are you better looking or are you rich? Wh- which one is it? Because there's both. You're a good looking dude, you're also rich. I like to straddle the line. Which, which one is it? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy. So, how long have you been in Florida now? About two years. Okay. Well, yeah. welcome to Florida. Best move ever made. That's right. Love you don't miss California at all? Not one bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, Catalina Loft's here. The amazing, the incredible, the gorgeous, the talented, the politically motivated, the, uh, the woman who. Wishes that she was born in the 70s or raised in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I do. Actually. I saw something like that. You were yeah. on a car today. Yeah. Former GOP nominee for U.S. Congress out of Illinois, 60 miles out of Chicago. Yes. Founder of the Defense of Freedom PAC and advisor to Begin Health Kids. What else? <laughs> uh... I'm really good at uh, cooking macaroni and cheese. She's wow. really good at cooking. I love that. that. That possibly might be the best thing on your resume. Yeah. Forget about being a member of Congress. She's a, a member of the macaroni and cheese fan club. Yeah. Amazing. Um, to your right, to my left, we got Sarah Dawn Moore, relationship coach, out of San Diego, YouTuber. She's helping you guys out there navigate the modern dating scene. It's a mess out there these it's days. It's a mess out there. It's a mess out there. We're going to help some of these guys out out there. Yeah? I hope so. Oh, my God. It's a mess out there. To your right, my left, we got Natalie in the house, graduate of SUNY, not Sunny. That's right. New York, Potsdam, now living in Fort Lauderdale, marketing consultant, uh, Blonde Bombshell. Thank you, Adam. There you go. There you go. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Shout out TD Commercial Group. Okay. I don't know who that is, but shout my out to you, lawyer. random people. All right. I don't know who that is. Uh, Ayana, Ayana Rodriguez, she's an entrepreneur, she's the founder of Itavi? Itavi. Itavi, in my pronunciation, and what it used to be these days. It's, uh, I actually saw you on Instagram, it's a travel, childcare company that uh, specializes in what? De-stressing vacations. So, very good, and I know you're under the weather, so that was great for remembering all that. So we do partner with luxury hotels and offering childcare to guests as they're traveling, because who 
wants to take their kids out to dinner when you're paying an arm and a leg to have relaxing time. So that's what we do. Right. Part of what we do. I'm trying to make some kids out yeah. here. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. to make we some have Sarah here. We can help you. Out here. Hook me up. All right. So real quick, before we get started. Are you offering ask, your sperm? What's that? Are you offering your sperm? Wow. I think we have a take. <laughs> yes. We should just do a live auction yes. here. Guys, uh, freezer sperm out there. <laughs> I'm actually looking into that these days. I don't know. All right. Real quick. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the, we're really going to the rabbit hole here for a second. Nat's in the house. Yeah. Hello. I'm in I, the house. I renamed her uh, Nag Talia. She's always telling me, do this, do this, do this. Drink your water. Right. Feel your best. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to. I'm trying to appreciate what you're doing. Maggie, I got success. vitamin C on lock these days. I'm like. You're welcome. Thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Yeah. Nat. Nag your way to your health back. That's right. <laughs> yes. Before we meet our guests and, and get more familiar with them, what would you like the the audience to know? Um, well, thank you all for tuning in on our Thursday Saucecast. We appreciate each and every one of you guys today. Um, I definitely recommend you guys to be in the chat today. Give us some great questions. We have a sick lineup. I think this is a, one of the best lineup we have when it comes to business experience um, and diversity when it comes to our panel. So I'm super excited. Mm -hmm. Sauce is a little under the weather, but <laughs> I think we can pull it together as a team. And Sauce, take it away. The show must go on, It must guys. go on. <laughs> I missed the PBD podcast this morning. PBD's like, listen, dude, yeah. take your time, rest up. Drink your water. Struggling out here, guys. I'm struggling out here, but I feel okay. I'm just, uh, you know. And you little... look good. So, Thank you. you know. All right. I'm freezing my sperm, so I don't know. So right. I can watch right. your kids. Right, That's guys. perfect. Um, exactly. I'm trying to make some babies out here. Anyway, <laughs> what we, we, we usually ask our guests before we get started on all the topics that we're going to get into today is we want to know your relationship status and how you make your money. So go ahead. You're, you're helping kids, you're helping families de-stress on vacations. I assume you got some kids. I got a, quite a few. I have three right, of go them. go ahead, girl. So I got three, starting with 21, almost. You got a 21-year-old? Yes. Holy yes. shit. Yes. I'm 50, so wow. I, I, yeah. I... Wow. What? Yeah. You said he looks I just had the biggest 50th birthday party. We wow. blew it out at the W Hotel. My husband had fireworks. It was wow. amazing. Wow. You know, they say black don't crack, brown don't frown. I mean... You got it going on. 50? Holy shit. So, All yeah. Right. So married, both. three kids... I Tavi Kids, which is a brainchild that I founded a bunch of years back. Wow. For, and um, what was the other question? How I don't know. I, I'm not lost in the sauce right now. <laughs> yeah. So you're married, three kids, 21. How, what, what are the ages? 13 and 8. Wow. wow. Okay. The spread keeps me on my toes. That's what keeps me young because I'm yeah. always trying to figure out what is next. Mm. But um, so that... Itavi Kids, which I launched right before COVID, interestingly enough, on November of 2019. Um, and so we partner with childcare, with luxury hotels, and we have the Dolphins as one of our partners, uh, and a lot of different high-end condo associations. And we really resolve for childcare and whole different unique approach to the market. And working on really cracking a nut that's tremendously hard to crack. Trust. Good Who for you. Trust? And you said you're in Coconut Grove? That's where I live. So she's yes. local. Local. Happy 50th birthday. Ah, Holy shit. Thank you. I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, yeah. I take my didn't vitamin Didn't see that one coming. C? Yeah. Give me some vitamin C. <laughs> I want to look like you. All right. Natalie, what's your story? In terms of? Um, relationship status and then your uh, how you make your money. Oh, well, single. 
Okay. That was a pause right there. Right. Yeah. Single's okay. a Pringle. But I don't really understand that saying because if you think about it, a Pringle comes in like a huge stack of like 200 chips and who only really eats one chip at a time? You take like a handful. What is this, a comedy set right now? What's happening right now? What is happening right now? It's the ADHD What's in my the brain. with Pringles these days? That's your relationship status. You just give a comedy Pringle joke. Okay, go ahead. I don't make my money that way, though. Yeah, clearly. Uh, no, I'm just freelance right now. Three okay. days into the new gig, before that, unemployed for two months, got laid off. Uh, I was working pharmaceutical marketing for rare diseases in corporate America. That's not funny at all. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to the show. How long did you, you were born and raised in New York or what area? Yeah, upstate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Potsdam. Upstate. Was it Potsdam? Potsdam. Gotcha. Yeah. And you're in Port Lauderdale now. Yeah. Sarah. Hello. Hi. How are you? Look at this elegant lady out here. She's going to help you gentlemen out there improve your dating game out there. That's What's your relationship right. status? I assume you're in a relationship. I am single, but very oh, much so oh, dating. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we can go into that story later on. Yeah, we, we will. We're going to get right into this thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so your relationship I, coach is single. Yes. But I, I talk a lot about my experience and what I found out and what I've learned from my mm. childhood. So if you guys have any trauma in the house, I would love to help you out with that. Why are you looking at Catalina? <laughs> <laughs> She has no trauma. She has no drama. She's still great. Um, But yeah, I really, I really try and help people understand kind of how they get there and how they got to where they are and why they choose the people that they choose, um, and how to navigate being in a healthy relationship. Okay. All right. You ready Catalina? for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm I feel ready for like I need to hire Sarah after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I am not married. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty fairly single. Uh, and how do I make my money? Uh, not insider trading like most politicians do. Shout out to Nancy Pelosi yes. in the house. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not that way. Uh, my sister and I have a startup in the kids' uh, healthcare space. We help kids poop <laughs> and are disrupting the mural acts, taking on big pharma. Uh, and also am currently also still involved in politics here and there, helping out other candidates, a lot of veteran organizations, a lot of different health initiatives and wellness initiatives, uh, and hopefully getting back in the arena sometime soon. So get, get, for, for those of us that don't know, you were on PPD Podcast a year ago. You were running for Congress yeah. in the state of Illinois, the yes. district of what district was it? The 11th district. And that city's, what cities does it encompass? Uh, it, Naperville, Woodstock, Crystal Lake. It was a pretty big... Uh, district, but uh, we will not be in Illinois anymore, just given uh, the climate out there. Sorry, love Illinois, born and raised there, uh, but it's just too blue at this point, and I uh, would love to build my life in a different state that's a little bit more friendly to conservative Republicans. Wow. So. What, what are the leading candidates right now? Uh, to be determined. Oh. Yeah. Hang on tight, guys. We'll, 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 Depends we'll where I meet my husband, you know. That's, that's true. Big factor. I'm just well, totally kidding. But. Well, that's why Sarah's here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, uh, Tyler. Yes. I guarantee you're married. A guy uh, like you. Oh, yeah. Married okay. 11 year, almost 11 years. 11 years in September. We got wow. two kids, a uh, nine-year-old daughter and a uh, five-year-old boy, almost six. Uh, we just got back from two and a half weeks in Key West. They went snorkeling. It was awesome. We had a great family trip. And how old are you? Anyways, uh, 37. 37? Yeah. Dude, you're a stud, dude. I've been following you on Instagram for, oh, thank you. for quite some time. And keep up the good work. Yeah, buddy. thank you. And uh, I'm not currying favor with you because I need help with my taxes whatsoever. <laughs> um, but um, I, you're doing your thing. Anyway, uh, Nat, yes. you're going to be managing the chat. Yes, I'll be here in the chat. Uh, 
So give us some good chats, give us some good questions. And I forgot to say, if you haven't liked the video, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Yes. Because as Sauce likes to say, he's on the mood, but your mom's a hoe if you don't. Yeah, yeah. If you watch the video and you're not uh, <laughs> liking the video and you're yeah. just watching these beautiful, amazing people out here and you're not subscribing to the channel, tell them what their, their mom is not. She's... She's a hoe. She's a hoe. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know why she's so afraid to say that, but it's just, not that's nice. just what it is. Anyway, here's some of the topics we're going to be discussing today. Um, stay tuned because it's going to get juicy towards the end. I guarantee that. So you hate your job. Wall Street Journal uh, article. Um, they talk about uh, rage applying is not the answer. We'll get into that. Um, how much you want your man to make uh, a year? Top 10 most expensive metro areas for renters. We're going to get into some of these cities we've discussed seven cities where 250 grand a year equals nothing is worth nothing we're going to discuss uh some of the comments that our friend andrew tate made about loyalty when you're uh, locked up in bars um mary j blige real love great singer she's um speaking about real life these days because she's paying an absurd amount regarding alimony you know mary j blige uh you've got some videos about <laughs> how millionaires avoid, uh, hide their money, and you expose them for a little bit. We'll play that. We'll discuss what is a slut, the difference between a man and a woman. Oh. Sorry about oh. that. I mean, that's Sarah. You're in this, you're oh. in this arena. Um, and the mindset behind a 35-year-old single woman, what she's looking for in a man. By the way, you're 50. You're 24. 24. 38. 38. 30. 30. 37. And that you're still somehow 21, 21 five years later. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. I'm the oldest person in this room. You look phenomenal. You? You look I love you. Yes. Don't frown. What's your I'm background, by the way? So my father's Puerto Rican. There whoa, it is. And my mother's black, so that makes me Boricua, right? Bo you're a Boricua. <laughs> Shout out to the Boricuas That's in the casa. Right. That's okay. right. Representing. Um, perfect. So, look, let's just start off with a very light topic. The worst job you ever had, how much you hate your job. Oh. Uh, here's an article that I actually saw in the Wall Street Journal. Pull this up real quick, Nat. Yep. And they, it's Wall Street Journal. That's the only place I actually get my news these days because the only place you can really rely on not being too biased. Um, it says, you're rage applying for jobs and recruiters are on to you. Um, you hate your job. This is what this article... Can you scroll up for a little bit to the top of the article? That's Keep the top. going. That's the top. No, that's it? That's it? All right. Anyway, they talked about hating your job. Um, so job market's kind of weird these days. COVID, unemployment was all-time high. Now the unemployment, I think, is at, what, less than 4% these days? Pretty decent. But a lot of people are basically maneuvering where they want in their life. So just so people understand where you're at, what you've done, um, worst job you've ever had, and your favorite job you've ever had. Let's just discuss that. Okay, Tyler, go first. Worst job you've had. You're a CPA. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. I am a CPA. You've been doing that for how long? Uh, about 12 years. Okay. So I think worst job I ever had was when I sold appliances for Sears for about two weeks. And uh, I wanted to get sales experience. I was a valet at the time, and I, I was living in Huntington Beach. And so I was at a valet at a restaurant on the ocean, so I literally got to exercise and, like, on the beach for well, I went and got cars. And, but I said, I want to go get a skill that was, I was going to you know, learn something that would apply later in my life. So my, my roommate said, hey, I think I can get you a job at Sears. And um, it was in 2008, 
So not a lot of people were buying appliances in 2008. So they basically pay you minimum wage unless you, you know, whatever you sell. And so I'm here and they put me in the trash compactor section. And um, I realized real quick that this, I, I wasn't going to get the skills because I wasn't really, it wasn't like professional sales. And, uh, and I was about to take a, you know, 4X pay cut to go sit inside when I could go run on the beach and get paid pretty good money for it for a college kid. And uh, so about two weeks in, I went to the, the supervisor and I said, you know, I think uh, I don't really want to work here anymore. And, uh, and I said, do I need to put in my notice or what do I need to do? And he said, well, you could just you know, walk out that elevator right now and I can't really do anything about it. So I said, I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I shook his hand and I walked out. And, you know, I feel like any job that you're going to be in, if it's a, a rough job, but you're learning skills for the future, it's worth sticking it through and, and learning. Mm -hmm. uh, but in that case, I took a pay cut and wasn't getting any real skills. And so I had to get out of there. And then best job you ever had? Uh, I think what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, Explain I, what you do, by the way. So I'm, I'm a CPA, so a certified public accountant. I help business owners pay as little tax as legally possible. Uh, but pretty much I have account, my, you know, my team doing that for me, and I get to lead them and grow them and basically teach business owners about taxes, both on social media and then from stages like Tony Robbins events mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I love, uh, unlike a lot of accountants, I actually love getting up on stage and get in front of the camera. And I was going to be a teacher at one point. So now I kind of took, the t and my degree was actually in creative writing. Uh, and then I realized that I got tired of being broke. So I went and started being an accountant. But so now I kind of get to marry all of that previous kind of multi-job experience. And I get to lead a company of great people and get up on stage and you know, speak and teach, and I have people tell me that they changed, I changed their life from watching me speak for 30 minutes, and I uh, never thought I'd get the chance to do that by talking about taxes, but Yeah, that's rewarding. awesome. The, the, I, I, when I feel like, uh, when I think of CPAs, I don't think of stage presence. <laughs> I think of just sit back there and just start fucking crunching some numbers, right. buddy. Yeah. But, so how did your relationship um, come about with Tony Robbins? Yeah, so uh, I used to be partners with my dad uh, a couple years ago, up until a couple years ago. And when I first became a partner with him, he said, I don't want to bring you on as a partner and take a cut and pay, so we've got to grow. Uh, so started looking for ways to grow. And one of those ways was I joined a mastermind group and kind of got known as the tax guy in there. They asked me to lead a 90-day course on taxes. And I thought this would be a great way to get some clients. So I, I said yes. And then half the people who signed up for that course were Canadian. And I don't know a lick of Canadian tax law, but I still wanted to make sure there was some value there. So I reached out to this accountant group that I was in and said, hey, anyone want to come teach? And the guy who raised his hand who, and said, I'll do it, was the Canadian partner for Tony at the time. He told me about the program, uh, this Global Accounting Advisors thing, where Tony talks about the importance of getting a second opinion at this event. And then everyone runs to the back of the room, and you meet with hundreds of people and help them save taxes. And I said, that sounds, sounds like that I'd be interested in. And so he gave me the name of the guy who's kind of running the program, cold emailed him, um, kind of just didn't really get any response, followed up for a couple, every, every you know, couple months, uh, would follow up, no reply, follow up, no reply. And then finally, after about two and a half years of, follow, and I'd be like, hey, I'm on Instagram, here's my account, I'm really helping people, hey, I'm at 10,000 followers, hey, I'm at 40,000, I really think I'm helping people, here's an article I wrote for Forbes. Uh, and then finally, in the summer of 2019, uh, he, his assistant said, hey, Tyler, can we meet next week? 
and then it turns out they had a partnership that didn't work out. They said, if you can hop on a plane to Vegas next month, the next business mastery, the partnership's yours. Mm -hmm. So how long were you basically reaching out to Tony Robbins and before he actually responded? It was, so we got an initial reply. So we got an initial reply saying, tell us about your firm. And then the timing of the calendar didn't work out. Uh, and that was in April, 2017. And then it was summer of 2019. So about two and a half years of initial reply and then no reply after that. So it follow. took you almost two and a half, three years to actually of, formalize of this ghosted. relationship. Yeah, and then there's yeah. a lesson there to all my salespeople out there. Yeah, yeah. good up. things take time. Don't That's give right. up. You know, they say that I think that um, the average sales process takes a minimum of five calls, but most people give up after one call. Yeah, we heard these stats. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. So, you know, congratulations yep. to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, Tony Robbins. Hello. Catalina Loff, she was running for Congress. Yeah. Um, Congress approval ratings are <laughs> disastrous these days. Yeah. I feel like if you would have entered that, they would have skyrocketed. Um, Thank you. Worst job you've ever had, best job you've ever had. Where are you at in life right now? Yeah, uh, worst job I've ever had. I actually think about this. It was my first real life experience with communism. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Uh, it was a sushi waitress in high school. And, you know, for some reason, you know, I've always loved people, was really good at my job, had regulars, you know, and so I'd make a lot of tips, right? And, you know, I'd come home and my parents would be like, you know, are you sure you're a waitress? You know, you got a lot of dollar bills in your pocket. Uh -oh. uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, uh, about a week after I was kind of making all this money and great tips, uh, the managers say, hey, you know, you're making a lot of money here. Uh, I think you need to split it with everybody else. Some of the other waitresses aren't making as much as you are. You know, some of the chefs aren't. And so, you know, you're in high school, and you're like, what? All right, well, that's fine. But I just realized that, you know, I was almost basically being, um, I don't want to say it was a de-incentive to do my job well with what, you know, what I was able to provide or my personality. Whatever it was, it just showed that, you know, you really do have certain talents or whatever you're bringing to the table at any job, and you should be rewarded based on your own work ethic and what you are bringing to the table instead of it being basically split among, you know, everybody yeah, else. What do they so call it? Pooling say, tips? Yeah. 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 But Is it that wasn't not, a thing. I thought a lot of people do that, though, well, now no? it's common, but yeah. even back then it wasn't. And so Oh, back then, like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. quit immediately after that because I'm like, come on, like, I'm working so hard here. Not my fault. People, you know, I'm, I don't want to say I'm good at my job, but it was, and uh, and so yeah. So I quit after that because I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not being. Um, my worth is valued somewhere else. Uh, best job I've ever had. I was working. I was in uh, financial services and loved talking to the older generation, and I loved it so much that I went to apply for a job at a nursing home. Mm. And I would go there every Saturday, and I just absolutely loved listening to the older residents. We had a ton of World War II veterans there at the time. And so I spent every Saturday just listening. I was the program director and basically their companion. And just it just filled my cup so much, being around people and listening to them and getting to know them. And it was so sad to see these old people just they did not, their kids wouldn't visit. They didn't have family. They were so lonely. And to be able to have been, I gained more probably from that experience than, than they did, uh, but it just, 
it was so rewarding to me, and I feel that having that experience really helped me um, love and, and recognize what, what I love to do, which is just be around people and listen to people, help solve problems, and it ultimately led me to the career that I'm in now in, in the public service space because uh, it really does feel like a calling. It feels like a, a place where I find purpose, and uh, so, yeah, that was my best job. So you work with kids these days, but you yes. also... Your, your favorite job was yeah. with old people. old people in a nursing home. <laughs> yeah. So you're working with yeah. babies? Or yeah. with we, oh, so we're with little toddlers, um, and but we're growing in that space, so eventually it'll be kids and also adults. Uh, we're disrupting the big pharma space, so disrupting Miralax uh, and, and helping really helping people take personal responsibility for their own health and wellness by looking at alternatives. We have a prebiotic for kids currently. Uh, we are getting in the adult market. So many people suffer with gut health issues. And so many studies now over the last 10 years have shown just the gut microbiome, brain and gut connection. And so many people now are finally realizing that it does impact so many aspects of life, uh, both mentally, physically. And so now that there's kind of a, a wellness awakening, uh, my sister and I have this startup that we are so proud to be uh, helping so many kids and it's not you know republican or democrat or whatever you know we want kids to to be healthy and to thrive and, and adults to take their health and wellness into their own hands and, and do it with a, a more holistic approach than just traditional pharmaceuticals gotcha by the way um you were running for congress yeah um you know pbd uh, he has a new book coming out well his previous book um, was a Wall Street Journal bestseller, Your Next Five Moves. The new book coming out is Choose Your Enemies Wisely, right? It's going to be a massive book. I think Penguin Punk uh, Publishing is putting it out. So just this is just me out of curiosity. If you could debate one person in Congress today, choose your enemy, who would you want to debate? Go against. Obviously, Boom. AOC. <laughs> that'd, be your, that'd be your go to like, Yeah, because, you know, don't they also say, like, choose your opponents and you know I think she'd be an easy target how would you <laughs> handle AOC in a debate you don't have to handle much you just put out facts and you're right <laughs> like I don't know how <laughs> she's um, uh, pretty illogical I think and I don't know All actually right. be kind of sad right let's see if we can arrange something you like should. that yeah. hey, bring on. maybe maybe we'll do um, a debate and then an athletic debate yeah. Maybe a jello wrestling. Maybe <laughs> get crazy a little bit. No, no, Nat, no? All right. <laughs> Nat's like, no, don't do that. Sarah, hey. shifting gears. <laughs> Best job you ever had, worst job you ever had. Start with the worst job. Worst job I ever had was 20 years old, 21, right out of college. I worked for E&J Gallo Wine, and it was mm -hmm. wine sales, but it was not the glamorous kind of wine sales. It was showing up at supermarkets, cutting boxes, all those stacks of wine you see. That was me. Um, I had a boss who was sexually harassing me at the time. That was fun. Get, you know, that was like when we had T9 messaging. So there was a lot of there was a lot of so wine and sexual harassment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dicey combo. It yeah. was a dicey combo. Um, I kind of got you know pushed out because I wasn't you know putting out. So <laughs> and then I got into the next job. Um, this is my favorite job, absolutely, 100%. So fulfilling. Um, being able to understand men and women, and I talk about really the dynamics of men and women mm -hmm. and how they interact with one another. I think that, 
you know, Mars and Venus was kind of, I'm kind of bringing that back. Like, let's understand how females and males really interact with one another so that we can best, like, maximize how we communicate with one another. How'd you get into the dating space? I started using TikTok as a, a platform just to share my opinions. And I have four older brothers. Uh, they are my life. And really understanding that men were really underrepresented underrepresented in the space. Mm. So I just started talking about what I learned about men in all of my life and all of my time, and then it just kind of started What did you learn up. about men that, that you didn't understand before you got into the dating space? Um, should, do you want me to talk about on the whole show? Really how important respect is to them and how much they want to be admired by their, by their person, by the mm -hmm. woman in their life. Mm. Um, and how much they crave all the things that we crave, you know, admiration, um, compliments, to, to be hit on every once in a while, you know, to initiate physical intimacy. So there's, there's a lot there. To be hit on. To be, to okay. be, yeah, to be, <laughs> to be approached. I think that's the biggest thing that the men tell me, that they just... They just wish that women would be more forward with them. So I try and help women encourage them that, hey, like if you see what you want, don't be afraid, don't be shy. Mm. Like we're we're independent women. We believe in equality, and we should we should take matters into our own hands every once in a while. How's that working out? I feel like that's uh, very uncommon. <laughs> yeah. What if you're too forward? <laughs> yeah. just um, it works out. Works out great for me. Um, I, I have a, a wonderful dating life. I think that men really appreciate my perspective and I'm, I'm not shy at all. And it, it does work out very well. I'm mm -hmm. looking for, for Mr. Right right now and I get a couple proposals a day. So I think I'll be able to find him pretty soon. You're looking for Mr. Right or you're looking for Mr. Right now? No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. We, yeah, we don't do Mr. Right now. Definitely looking for Mr. Right. Okay. Um, Natalie. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to approach if you're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Worst Noted. I've ever had. I know you're you're young. You're yeah. Getting, you're getting life started. I was gonna say I think I'm probably the youngest one up here at 24, but I want to preface by saying, you know, it's still at 24. I have almost a decade already of work life experience under my belt. I started working when I was 15, uh, so. With that being said, I've had the pleasure of working uh, with a lot of different managerial styles and personality types. So I know what I don't want in, in the workforce, let's just put it that way. Um, and I don't want to name names because you never know who's listening to these things. So I don't want to give any company a bad rap. But when it comes to the worst job, I'll say any position I've filled at whatever company if I'm not feeling valued or like I'm learning new skills that I can put on a resume that either, you know, even help me personally and professionally is not the place for me. Um, and unfortunately, I've had a lot of those experiences, you know, but knowledge is power and at least I know that and I now know what I can look for moving forward and what I want out of my next role or my next chapter in life. So I'd say that's probably the worst experience. So I feel like that was kind of vague. I'm like, it what is. are you saying right now? It is. What happened, Natalie? <laughs> Who hurt you? A lot of people, Adam. Really? No. Are you okay? That's what therapy and antidepressants Jesus, are for. What is but happening right now? 
I'll give you my contact app. Yeah. Please, okay. thank you. Yeah, okay. yeah Sarah has, this is like, Remove <laughs> the trauma. Yeah. Um, but on the flip of that, best job I've ever had, yeah. I will say something probably in the sense of a startup field, only because I've really had the pleasure of working directly with a lot of founders um, or CEOs of these companies. And when you work alongside people in that sort of position, you learn a lot and you learn a lot fast. I'll say this past week of starting you know, my new freelance gig, I'm in office every day but I'm working alongside you know, the guy who started it all and has like 20 years of real estate experience under his belt and has started his own company from the bottom up. So you learn a lot, you learn a lot fast, more so than you would in just having one job title in corporate America and doing the same thing every day and then doing that same thing for a year or two years and then maybe getting a promotion or going to another company where then you get to do something else. You know, this past week I've done so much more specifically marketing than I ever have at a prior job in my life so far post-grad. Got it. Ayanna, I want to ask you your, your opinion, but I feel the need to ask this question. You're, you guys are all attractive women. You, you've kind of alluded to some weird stuff. You've come <laughs> out and full-on said that you were sexually harassed in your wine gig. We all know that Congress people are some of the creepiest people on the planet. <laughs> Being an attractive woman in the workplace, how common is some weird stuff? Like, for a guy, this is not a thing that we have to deal with. Like, right. we never have to deal with some chick, like, coming to my office. I'm like, yeah, come on in. Like, it's never a thing. But for attractive women, is this, like, how big of a concern is sexual harassment? Like... None of you guys are working with Harvey Weinstein out here, but is it actually common for attractive women to actually be harassed in the workplace? What are your thoughts? I, I would say yes. Really? Yeah. I, but, but with a caveat that it depends on the woman's comfort level because harassment is subjective. So, you know, for example... If you are sending me explicit messages, like yes, that's a clear de like delineation of sexual harassment. But my brother actually had a, an instance where he was pulled into an HR situation, and you know he had just put his hand on the back of his assistant and said, you know, can you tell them that I need five more minutes, like to go tell the new clients, like just give me a second. And that innocent, was innocent, like, just right? Like, hey, yeah. So that was an incident. So I think it really just depends on what you deem sexual harassment. And I, and I feel for guys sometimes, because how do you know where that line is? Uh, I don't know, that's subjective. But it can, be, it, it can be common, and it depends on the industry too. Like wine yeah. industry is very, very well known for everybody's, everyone's sleeping with everyone. Yeah, and I mean, that's what alcohol and wine does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, yeah. you know, you, for me it was kind of, I'm cutting a rug, I'm new into the industry, I need to, you know, I need to learn the sales process, and it taught me an amazing, taught me lots of life lessons. Yeah. Um, but as a woman, you know, you also have to take responsibility for presenting yourself in a certain manner, I think, and making sure that you limit the opportunities for particular interactions, just okay. in my... Personal. Which is hard to understand if, 
if you're starting out, you're naive. Right? 100%. So you're still learning the landscape and navigating how to read people when you yes. haven't had that experience at that level. So I can understand how sometimes it you can get yourself in a situation, you're like, but how did I get here, right? Because yes. yeah. you just don't have the wherewithal to understand, well, you walked into the room and X, Y, and Z, yeah. right? I think as us like so, older women, now right, we, we you get have ton, which is experience. part of the experience, right? Yes. So I don't know if it's industry specific, I'm sure it is, but I feel that it's almost like just part of being a woman. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, you have to learn how to navigate and you have to learn the signs. You have to learn your own boundaries. You have to just kind of grow up and understand yeah. Yeah. that. And, you know, I have two daughters, and so that's always, and, yeah. and even myself, you know, I have a team I deal with, I have 99% of them are women, you know, we're in childcare. And I use sweetheart, I use, you know, I use these words as a term of endearment, and, and this environment nowadays, that could be probably misconstrued and brought back to me in some way, but it's not my intention to you know, offend anybody or you know, make them feel uncomfortable by using some of those terms of endearment. But I do understand that people are sensitive. Um, it could be triggering. I don't, you know, I don't know all of the backgrounds of everybody. So you know, it's just like we're learning. We're all still learning how to be better mm -hmm. and how yeah. to um, take accountability for ourselves as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Well, Sarah. and I had four brothers, so they, I mean, I was schooled pretty early on on how men, you know, can sometimes work, and they were very protective. I kind of knew how just men were, locker room talk. So I'd imagine growing up with all girls, there could, like, how do you know, right? I've had girlfriends who grew up with all women, and I, like you said, it's really your, kind of your own experience, and yeah. what you learn from home, and bring to the workplace and how you navigate that not knowing if a man touches you like that could really trigger something for me it's just like oh i think brother. i think that's also where communication plays a really big factor especially in the workplace like to your point earlier you know if you're using hey sweetie as a term of endearment and that's coming from your male manager and that makes you uncomfortable as a woman maybe address that and say hey you know i don't like being called sweetie please just call me natalie you know that's my name Right. But you is know. calling someone sweetie actually like a I, problem? I I think like, it what's the line? What, I like, think delineate it depends, this thing for me. It depends on the person, right? If if you call me sweetie and I'm telling you that makes me uncomfortable, then why would you continue to want to make me feel uncomfortable? Oh sure, if you come out and say that, right? Right. But I feel like that's like, hey, how are you, honey? Like, like that's not. Well, you have to that think to about... That, to me, isn't, like, harassment. No, because your intentions were not that. Right. No. So, but in her, what you're saying, and then you would just express it, and then it's in your ballpark to then continue, you know. or to kind of say, okay, I don't want to offend her, or but as a woman, But as a woman... Hey, Nat, sweetie, do, do me a favor, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I love this next story. Okay. <laughs> but as a woman, you have to think about, okay, what what's going to happen if I do confront this situation? Right. Yeah. What are the repercussions of that that are that are gonna happen. And for me in my situation, it was, okay, now he's going to be watching everything that I do. He's gonna be writing me up. You know, it became an HR issue because yep. he wanted to retaliate. And this, this was, this was I'm a little bit older than you all, so we're, you know, Me Too movement was, a th we can talk about that, that's another subject, but that wasn't a thing back in right. this first job. So there, there really wasn't, 
think men are a little bit more cautious now. Yeah. Versus scared. Scared. <laughs> yeah. I think That's also exactly you have funny. to consider kind of what's leading up to like certain behaviors. Like if they're casual with you and they're like, hey, sweetie, can you help me with this? Like, I don't think it's deemed as like sexual harassment, but if you're a guy and you know your eyes are always wandering and you're always a little closer than usual and you're always whispering a little closer and you're like, hey, sweetie, like there becomes a fine line of where it's like, okay, you're using it not really for endearment, you're using it to kind of like, you know, kind of get closer to you. So I think it's just a matter of also like previous actions before certain things are done because women can feel like when men have like a sexual intention, it's not very hard to like notice, right? Mm -hmm. Ladies, I don't know if you yeah. guys can, but it's pretty, you can, it's pretty clear. Like, you call me sweetie, I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, sauce is flirting with me. Like, that's not <laughs> what I take that as because you don't treat me that way. You don't make me feel uncomfortable. But if you're like touching me a little too much or you're in my ear too much, like, and you're like hey, sweetie, it becomes a little bit like, okay, now you've crossed the line. I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to express that. Um, but I think, again, it's, I think today people are more cautious of things like this. Um, I think also how women react to certain things, it also becomes more of a, uh, kind of like you're putting a, a yellow tape in front of the guy, like, hey, like, I'm not okay with that, like, let's back off a little bit. Um, but again, I think it's also just your actions leading up to, you know, whatever it is that comes out of it. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I've never been. In, I've never been in this world. Like well, I'm you're not, not a creep. Like, That's why. No, I'm not, you're not a creep. I'm not a creep. You're not a creep. Women. I have a yeah. sister. Like I, yeah. So who are the creepy dudes at work? I, I guess I'm wondering. <laughs> like this is not one of my topics. That I'm just actually yeah. genuinely interested in this. Like, is it always like? Some dude that hasn't been laid in ten years. It always a married guy that isn't oh, no. get, Sometimes it's married. getting attention. Like, in your experience, what's the creepy? Like, you're you're running in for Congress and politics. I don't know. I just feel like politicians are creepy as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> but like, what's your experience? Like, who are these people? Because in my opinion, this is me. If you, if as a woman, if you're like, if you're like, hey, I have a boyfriend and I appreciate whatever you're trying to do creepy guy but like I'm good thanks <laughs> that to me is like alright cool like move on right like it, yeah but that's not it. all men are like that I think that's sometimes my point men I don't understand like who like, are these guys that are like nah I don't care that you have a boyfriend I'm a creepy ass motherfucker I'm gonna keep going <laughs> that's who are guy. these people I don't think they have a face I don't think or they have like an architect generally interested I don't know Men who None are, of my buddies do this. Types. They're all different types. They're different types. It's single guys. It's guys yeah. that are married with kids. That are unhappy in their marriage. Yeah. Or happy. But or I just had a really I think, look, I think a lot of, there are three sides to every story, right? I think that a lot of men now are scared in work environments to even compliment somebody or even be nice to a, a coworker because of so much of this Me Too movement, not saying that some of the situations weren't valid, or there's obvious mm -hmm. that in a lot of different industries. However, I think it does come down to a woman's comfort level. Uh, you know, if I'm okay with locker room talk, someone like Natalie or Sarah might not 
be and it might be offensive or vice versa right I think people have to have just kind of that emotional intelligence to be able to kind of understand those boundaries women should take responsibility too in how they are interacting with men but I also believe and men should as well but I think that now because of such a it's like guys are afraid to even like approach women mm -hmm. nowadays and and not saying that you should at work you know like hit on your you know, <laughs> secretary but I think think that uh, it's crossed a line now where it's almost it's taking away from like normal human connection and where is that balance of you know me too to building friendships and building a, a human connection and mentorship I had a ton of men in my corporate when mm -hmm. I had my corporate life that were legit business mentors like yeah. yourself who's made money and who can teach me some things I think that there's there's some, the atmosphere is tense right now between men and women. Yeah. Well, you, you touched on something. You said, you said that men are afraid to approach women these days. Is, is that an overall sentiment that you guys have? Is that men are afraid to approach you for fear of getting me too? Is that something? Uh, it, are we saying it in the workplace or in general? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe that this whole toxic masculinity post-feminist era has really destroyed men being men and now they don't feel that they can pursue they don't feel that they can be confident in their advances if that's deemed too much you know like <laughs> like my dad showed up at my mom's doorstep when they were first dating nowadays like that would someone would think that's like a stalker but like to my mom that was love you know it's like there's been such a difference now and I think that men have been had to dial it back and then women have to be the aggressors and we don't want to be the aggressors like I don't want to be pursuing a guy I want to be pursued but so many oh, guys Sarah wants you to go up and <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, just the initial approach <laughs> then you let him take it from there and that's fair but I think that in such this again post-feminist era and toxic masculinity I think we do need to go back to traditional some traditional gender roles of mm -hmm. you yeah. know men shouldn't be afraid to approach a, a woman that they are interested in or ask them out but they don't he doesn't know if that's if he's going to get a you that he's approaching or yeah. if he's going to get a woman who completely humiliates him and makes him feel like a total pos right like right. there ha if, if he's sitting and looking at two different women and going okay i'm going to approach one that's where men are at it's like i I don't know what the reaction's going to be. Yeah, but so a guy has to shoot his shot. Yeah. I mean, there's not like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? I noticed da da da. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. shoot your shot. If she's like, sorry, uh, fuck out of here, then so cool, move it. on to the next yeah. one. Like, it's not a big deal. How much of it? How much of it do you think now is the worry about sexual harassment versus just the, all the dating apps and they're just scared? Yeah. Because like it's all DMs and they have no idea how to converse. Oh, that's a major problem. How'd you meet your wife? I met my wife. We were both in grad school together. And then we ended up at, in Hawaii. Both our families were taking trips at the same time at oh. the same hotel. Oh, and I put, made a post on Facebook. And we were Facebook friends. Oh. And she said, oh, I'm going on that hike tomorrow. And then we, uh, we started messaging each other on Facebook. And said, let's, let's go hang out. She brought her brother, just in case I was a stalker showing up on the <laughs> island. You know? Brought the brother to the date? Brought, it wasn't a date. It was, okay. just, it was just, hey, let's go hang out, at, meet at you know, the pool. Gotcha. And then uh, she had to fly home the next day. And her family was staying on. I hung out with her brother the rest of the, the trip. And uh, we became friends. And then got back on the mainland the next week and ended up her friends and my friends were both at the same country concert. And, and then we kind of connected there and 
the rest you hung of out with the brother before you're yeah. like, hey, by the way, just so you know, buddy, your take hot. down your sister. <laughs> yeah. Your sister's hot. You're like, oh, yeah. Take her to a country concert. She'll like that shit. And then you've been married how long now? Uh, it'll be 11 years in September. Congrats, dude. Thank you. And how'd you meet your man? So, Have you been married how many years? So, okay, married and together are two different things. So I've oh, been married shit. twice. I just up a can of wine. <laughs> I've been married twice. I'm, okay. one of, I'm in that bucket. My first husband was my college uh, sweetheart. Uh, and uh, my second husband, I met him at this restaurant by the name of Prime 112, which many yeah, of I mean, you know. That's and the most it was, expensive restaurant it in was Miami, a, you know. This is a long <laughs> time ago. We've been okay. together for 18 years now. Oh. So, uh, he, it was just he wasn't supposed to be there he wasn't really trying to go out and we met and uh a friend begged him to drop her uh, drop her off to meet me because she had kind of stood me up long kind of funny story but anyway so we met at prime 112 and then we went did he to, approach you not until later um we went to this, he never goes out to clubs, but I was like, oh, you guys are so late, we're going out to a club. And he was like, okay, whatever. So we went to this place called Mint at the time. I don't know. Mint? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Mint. And so we <laughs> walked in for five minutes, yeah. and then he's like, it's time right to go. Because I was at Prime 112 right, and Mint right, the other night. Exactly, right. Holy shit. Right, Miles okay. at Prime yeah, 112. Yeah, of course, Miles yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it was fine. And then when everybody, he was bringing us back, to drop us off, and he said to my friend and her sister, you two go, you stay. <laughs> and then that was it. All right. Even wow. Hold on, give me that line again. <laughs> you two go, you stay. Sounds pretty toxic to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, that could be, that's why it also depends like how the girl feels about the guy, because if a guy said that and he was making you uncomfortable, that would make you even more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So true. it really also depends yeah. like well, how know, a, guy, a girl is like, feeling. You kind of, the guy. Yeah, what do you feeling know? You, like, you yeah. know. I don't know exactly. if I was putting out a vibe, to be honest with you, but well, you I was like, yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a very, I don't know, I kind of go with the flow. I, I see things, but I don't, at you know what? I don't attach. Listen, I don't attach you three, get much. out of here. You stay. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like, like that. I feel not like, like women that, do like that kind of, like a guy taking control of a yeah. situation. Yeah. Men yeah. should yeah. take. Making a decision. Yeah. 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 Men should take control. They should lead. They should, uh, the best piece of advice I always heard, uh, men, uh, they pursue and women provide the depth of the relationship. So they basically control the timeline, women control the depth. And I think men should be the leaders, they should take control. And I think in such, uh, we don't have to get into this, but, and again, like women who are working and are trying to be boss babes, or whatever, I hate that word, but women wanna be submissive. I think the majority of women want a man to lead and, and again, take control, do your thing. And somewhere along the way, we got lost in, women now taking control of the relationship and i don't i think it should well the know. handkerchief was always dropped we always made the first move technically yeah to to initiate biologically contact, right yeah. to, to give yeah. you're not going to approach a girl who's not necessarily smiling at you or that's giving not true you at all <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe he's the creepy one no, <laughs> yeah. i feel like it's incumbent on the guy to go up like and be like hey what's up like but Girls without, do not make the first move. But without any but signal, that's what you're without any a, smile, without any... But there's a sign okay. to that, that there is eye an contact, energy sure. that yeah. they pick up on that 
you're yeah. open. It's or, like I'm you into know, you, like I the will, pheromones. Yeah. Yeah. I will say when you have that energy, let's say you're sitting across the room at a bar or whatever, right. and you exchange eye contact, that guy is more likely to come and approach you at some point in the night versus if you had no contact. You're not agree. just going to get a pat on the shoulder from Joe and be like, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's like, hey, nice right. to meet you. You right. know? Right. Yeah, but I've right. also seen guys just kind of walk up to girls like, I don't want to put you out there, but, you know, Sauce is bold enough where he'll walk up to, you know, some groups yeah. of people and... It's either Why like, put me out there like I'm sorry, but I'm just <laughs> saying you don't yeah. necessarily, and maybe this is advice for guys out there, you don't necessarily have to always wait for something to approach a woman. I think it's also kind of a good exercise to be approached and turned down. I think getting no's is also good for men, especially when it comes to like lifestyle or even business. So I don't necessarily think you have to. I mean, that's more welcoming, of course. Like even as a woman, you're like, okay, you know, he's gonna come this way, he's gonna approach me. But there's <laughs> some guys who are bold enough and Honestly, I think that's also kind of attractive when a guy is confident enough, he comes up to you and he's like, all right, well, you know, anybody, how are you doing? Like, there's a appealingness when it comes to that confidence when a guy just is bold enough to just come up to you and, you know, say something. Well, yeah. let, me, let, me just, let me just say yeah. one thing. So we talked earlier about, like, your, your, your favorite job or your, your worst job you ever had, your worst job, your favorite job. We, we also talk about cold calling and, like, shooting your shot and just basically you said you kind of cold called Tony Robbins and then yeah. it took you two years. My worst job I ever had is also my best job right. I ever had. Because my worst job I ever had was I started off as a cold caller for a financial firm. I made zero money my first year. No money whatsoever. I'm cold calling, I'm cold calling, I'm cold calling. But that, that develops competence mm -hmm. and then competence develops confidence. And that same job that I fucking hated, 17 years later I run a financial firm and that's helped me make millions of dollars over the last 17 years because I've developed the skill set to actually deal with rejection, deal with people saying, stop calling me, yeah. deal with basically overcoming objections, developing relationships. And the same guys 15 years ago that were like, stop calling me. Now we're doing multi-million dollar deals. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to dating, I feel like a guy, regardless of the me too, all this nonsense, a guy, it's incumbent on him to be like, Hey, how you doing? Just want to tell you that I really, really think your outfit's really nice. Whatever bullshit line you want to kind of come up with. And if a girl's into you, she'd be like, thanks, whatever. And then you just say, hey, do you want to drink? Whatever. I feel like a guy, like, I know you're saying that a girl needs to go up and talk to a guy. I never see that happen. The girls very rarely come up to me unless they're like desperate and they're like trying to get laid or whatever. <laughs> and all no, good I, ladies. I, I'm saying but I feel like the prettiest girls out there, a guy has to go up and approach. Pretty girls are not going up to dudes being like, so I've been noticing you across, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Some girls A do. guy has to roll up and be like, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. and shoot your shot. And that's what I've learned from cold calling or just being like in the nightlife world in South Beach for the last 20 years, that a guy has to be an alpha and step up and do what he's got to do to make the sale, to meet the girl, to find the prospect because they're not gonna come to you. You gotta go find them. But don't you think a girl needs to also participate in, the, in that type of relationship if she wants a relationship, right? Like, it might be a flick of the hair. It might be, you know, sitting a little bit closer to him. It might be giving him a little bit of sign that, hey, like, it's okay. Is that, what, what would you not sure, say Sure, like, I'll go, yeah. love to have a sign, but if there's some hot-ass girl over in the corner and she's 
facing the wrong way and she doesn't see me and I'm with my buddy, I'm not going to be like, so I'm just waiting on this sign. As soon as she flicks her hair, that's my move, bro. I'm yeah. just, no, nah, I'm going to roll up. Fair so, point, yeah. fair point. Yeah, I, I, girls, like, yes, I understand. Yes, that'd be great to have a sign. But back to the cold caller, like, I'm like, it'd be great if this if this potential business prospect flicked his hair at me and, then, <laughs> and made me feel appreciated. No, I'm going to pick up the phone and be like, hey, here's the deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just yeah. like you didn't get a sign from Tony Robbins. No, you'd you just follow up, cold follow called up, follow yeah. up it's over and over and over and over. consistency, I think, is like you don't give up, right? You're just always at it. I mean, mm. and... I, I, all these experiences, whether they've been negative, I mean, I didn't share what my worst job was or my best, but I think the takeaway is, is yeah, they're really bad, but there's still lessons to be learned in them. And that if you are, can take the lessons, then you're just evolving to the next one. And that's pretty much the goal of, that gets you to where you are, where you love what you're doing and you kind of find your space, right? And, but you don't get there overnight. You have to like kind of feel it out, knock your head up against the wall a couple times, and then, you know, the formula presents, I think. You know, back in the day, they said there was, like, hunter-gatherer societies. Yes. Dudes got to be hunters. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They're not going to, and with all respect to you, it'd be great if a hot girl was like, hey, how you doing, buddy? But, like, <laughs> a guy's got to go out and be like, yo, yo, we're not going to eat tonight if we don't go kill this buffalo. It's also so, so I'm, I'm interested to see oh. what you guys think about Bumble, then. Because that is one of the biggest dating apps oh. yeah, in our Yeah, where time. the girl has to make the first move. That's yeah. correct. In my experience, yeah. Bumble does so not have so unattractive <laughs> when... I don't even know how it works. It's like women shouldn't have... It's like guys should try. <laughs> guys should be the ones effort. that put in effort and pursue again. I just... I think it's almost like... It's like, what, are you lazy? Like, what... Are you gonna... You know, if you're not into somebody, you just, like, say... It. It's like, I don't understand why... I don't get the, this, where the roles, again, were reversed. It's just so, it's unattractive. Men should be the hunters, 100%. So you're not just rolling up on dudes and being like, hey, buddy. Or, whoa, whoa, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because I, look, I can talk to a wall. Yeah. If there's a cute guy over there, of course I'm going to say hi. Like, what, why not? Uh, of course. But I think that no, naturally a, a man should pursue I think women would feel more comfortable, we were talking about this earlier, kind of relaxing and being in their own space and kind of providing like more of that feminine, femininity if a guy pursued them. Mm. Do you so think that's generational, like, though? Do you think there's a shift now with the newer generation that yes. has kind of women taking a stance, like, no, I got this too, you know, don't I'm, tell me I'm how sure. to, I'm sure. I think it also shows, though, it's almost like a test of how they are going to be, like, almost as a father, too. It's like, are they going to take the lead? Are they going to be in control? I don't know are about they that, do sister. That? I don't no? know. I mean, I've, I've been married twice with two... I don't know if that's the formula that leads to it, because I think um, you can go into it with that mindset, but until you're actually a parent, you don't really know what kind of how they're going to be. be. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah. I don't think there's signs that you're like, oh, I think he's going to be a great father because he's so sweet. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have kids and he's, you're like, that dude doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah. So I don't think you know from my experience, yeah. really, you want, I think it's different. Are they a good human? Do they yeah. have a, a strong moral compass? Are they toxic? You know, all of these things, that will then determine if you're going to have a good partner and being a parent or not yeah. but the other things I think that's 
it's hard to then assume that that let me, let me get some bottom line here because then we want to move on to the next topic because you're married mm -hmm. single 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 married would you rather a guy approach you or you approach the guy go ahead catalina a guy approach me guy approach me same same Okay. I'm not approaching the guy. No. <laughs> Except for it's, uh, your hot wife's brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Him, bro. I gotta win him over. Okay. Matt, what do you say? Uh, guy to approach me. Okay, yeah. so that's the bottom line. Even though you're encouraging women to go up and talk to men, men, you gotta go shoot your shot. That's it. <laughs> shoot or shoot. Hunt, shoot or shoot. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I respect that. Yeah. By the way, here's an article right here talking about um, men and what they're bringing to the table and shooting your shot. Here's an article about how much money this woman wants her man to make. Last night on a date at a girl, topic came up of how much she would want a man for her to make in order for her to marry him solely for the money that came up. And she's worried because she makes double what she said. Anyway, here's the deal. Um, by the way, she was looking to make, to date a guy who makes between 300 and 500 grand a year. Um, that was her number. All good. You're a dating coach, so I want to get your thoughts on this. <laughs> By the way, 17% of men make 100 grand a year. 5% of men make 250 grand. 1% make half a million bucks a year. So, ladies, since you want men to shoot their shot, to take a man seriously, how much money does a man need to make a year for you to actually consider him husband material? Go ahead. I don't know if there's an exact dollar amount per se that I would want my man to make. This is tough. Adam. <laughs> Shoot your shot, girl. <laughs> Shoot your shot. How much do, would you want your man to make in order to consider him husband material? Would you marry a guy who makes 50 grand, 100 grand? I think it depends. Half a million. Say a number. It's just him, not collectively. Like when we're filing taxes, this is not a joint <laughs> income situation. I like this no. is just him. What, is your, so what do you want your man to bring to the table? I'd say six figures. Okay. But I have you. You have to know that a man that's dedicated to grinding and hustling and making money isn't going to have, you know, as much time for you. So you, it, it's. It's a, it's, you give and you take. If you're somebody who needs like constant attention and you know, wants somebody up your asshole all day to entertain you, he's not gonna be making 100 grand plus. Say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I, you lost me at someone, someone up my asshole. I was like, I... Okay. If you're that type of woman that wants to constantly be texting her man, you know, babe, what are you doing every yeah. 10 minutes and just like constant like fucking bitching and peckering, constant tension. You have to know that type of man is not gonna be making six figures, you know, busting his ass on Wall Street because he's not gonna have that much time for you. Clearly. Is, is my yes. point, is my point. Do women actually want a man that's like peppering them all single, all day, every day? Hey, what's oh up, babe, God. what's up, babe? Like being annoying, I feel like that's like It's definitely not, not me, I can tell you that. It's, I'm, yeah. Uh, 180 from that. I've had more men that are like that to me. Like, oh, you didn't text me back in six hours. I was going to text your friend and see where you were. Like, why? I was fucking napping Take and cleaning easy, and guy. running errands. Why? Okay. Sarah, <sighs> minimum. Mm. I'm going to come to you, but you're married. So I, yeah. you know, I don't want to put your husband's stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, no, we don't. Let's go to the single, let's go <laughs> yeah. to the single ladies. I don't. There is, there is no minimum. I've dated teachers. I've dated uh, partners at Deloitte & Touche. I've dated all across the board. It really more so matters about their character. Are they honest? Will they cheat? 
Um, do, they, do they have passion for what they do? Because a man who does not have purpose and passion in his life is not necessarily a happy man to be around. So I would say, you know, somebody who, where we're not struggling, you know, where we're not having to scrounge together everything that we have just to go on one vacation a year, it would be nice. Um, but I want them to be passionate about what they do and to love what they do. And so, so you said you've dated teachers, and that's mm -hmm. sort of on the lower end of the mm -hmm. financial spectrum. And then you've dated partners at Deloitte, which is yeah. one of the big four Accounting. Uh, accounting firms out there. Yep. So I assume their income was completely divergent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it what, was the, what was the different? Depends uh, on what you value. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Do I value going out to a steak dinner every once in a while? Of course. But would I rather have my man home with me, being able to potentially raise a family, having them be present, versus the partner at Deloitte and Touche? It is not going to be able to provide you with that lifestyle to be up my ass um, all the time. <laughs> you know, they're they're going to be busy. They're building a business. They are not a lot going of stuff to stuff going on here. <laughs> a lot of ass okay. play going on. Yeah. That's just my personal preference for me. So what would you prefer? I would prefer the teacher. You would prefer the teacher who makes less amount of money. Correct. But he's more up your ass, I guess, <laughs> versus the partner at Deloitte who's nowhere near your ass. That's correct. That's Why? correct. Um, because I feel like that your life would be a lot better with a guy, like a good-looking CPA who's 37 years old, who, who met his wife in Hawaii, who just actually met the brother, and they, they had a great time. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what everyone would want. Well, no? it depends on what you define as a good life. Mm -hmm. What is it that brings you happiness? I know your stance on it, and I appreciate and I What's respect my that. That that you do value money, you value money for freedom, what? and you like nice things, and you like to take nice vacations. Um, personally, that doesn't necessarily bring me happiness. I've had both. I've mm -hmm. had the money. I've had the guy who did all the things. And if somebody isn't necessarily emotionally present with you, if they're on a vacation and they're on their phone all the time, that makes a woman feel potentially very insecure. It makes her feel like she's alone in the relationship. So I think there's a balance between money and, and being a present partner in a relationship. Yeah, so there's no minimum. You would date a broke-ass dude if he's home all day, every day with you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. They'd need to have some sort of ambition. I think, again, this is about characteristics. This is about... Got it. So um, you're, the, the, the financial component, not a major factor for you? No, I've been poor. I could eat macaroni and cheese all day. And well, she's one of the best macaroni <laughs> Do you like hot sauce on it? Heck yeah, baby. The hotter, the better. Uh -oh. what's, what's that meme or like that saying where it's like, I want hot sauce on my chicken? <laughs> You guys, have you heard that? No, no. I heard that one. <laughs> Catalina. Somebody find the soundtrack, please. How important, is, how important is your man's income? I would have to agree with Sarah on this, that I'd rather have a guy who is chasing a dream instead of, even if that means not chasing money, right? I think that, I think that a man should have their own purpose and their own journey and sense of who they are and have that happiness and that's actually better for a relationship than just some monetary value or how much they're making. I, I do understand that men like to be providers. I also understand that there are a lot of guys out there who get intimidated when if men or w if women make more money than they do and, and all that. Um, I think that there's a fine line. 
uh, I think about there are a lot of entrepreneurs and if you know we have to cut back on spending because you're building your business and you're building your dream or you're pivoting a career whatever it might be I think that matters more that person who's finding their sense of, of self and purpose and their dream than just some you know dollar value you know for that woman to put some monetary value on what their husband should make it's like okay go get your own job like go provide for yourself you know be a better spouse and build something together and i think there's also so much pressure on millennial men too you know you think back on on your parents or a lot of older generations they built something together yes. you know they weren't just they didn't come out with six figure jobs after college and then had to buy a house like they struggled together and i think that there is so much pressure now in our generation to have it all figured out um, instead of actually those are probably the most those times in life are probably when you actually learn the most about your partner and develop that foundation and that loyalty and that love um, along the way. You know, my guy had a midlife crisis, wanted to be a janitor. It's like, baby, you go be the best damn janitor ever and make, you know, 10 grand a year. I don't care. Okay, you know, now, just, that's uh, where I got to stop this whole yeah. nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I don't care. I think I it's school is expensive. Right now? <laughs> okay. yes. I Nobody's I dating so. a janitor. My point is... Hey, yes. there are a lot of great janitors out there. My That's point true. is they should find their passion and their purpose, and it shouldn't be about this materialistic world of trying to keep up with some lifestyle because think about the amount of depression and how hard it is for guys to try to keep up with the Joneses or try to appease their wives who, I'm sorry, a lot of women have become materialistic. And that is unfortunate. You know, they're not being good. Women aren't sometimes, I think, being good partners and vice versa, right? Okay. And there's plenty of guys who like their Rolexes, too, and mm -hmm. get materialistic. Mm -hmm. Good. But I should. think it's a false dichotomy that it has to be either you're taking a vow of poverty or you're spending time with your spouse. Yes. Right. Uh, especially, the, the best way to do it, in my mind, is owning your own business because uh, that's you just have the ability to actually create your life with intention. But um, I, I think that... Also, when it's not just you and you have a family, having some money certainly helps a lot of things. Yes. With this craziness in these last couple of years and COVID and everything that was going on, we were planning on putting our kids in public school forever. They're in private school now, and yeah. we couldn't do that without having some sort of income. Yep. Um, so I think that while you're on your own and live in an apartment or whatever, it's, it's, it's easier to not care as much mm -hmm. about the income. And I agree, it's still important to have a passion, but I think that having a passion and then also having some ambition to go provide for your family is important too. Absolutely, yeah. and that security yes. is so important. And again, we want people who are financially stable and are building something. I just think that to put like a dollar sign on or a value is like sick to me. <laughs> like what your husband has to make, like $1.5 million in order for you to like consider them. I mean, I think that that's, it's just not the way I, you know, would operate, but, but no, I totally understand. Sure. You need security and you want somebody who's financially stable and ambitious, but. And to build your, like you said it, you know, building something together. And that takes on many different phases mm -hmm. as you have family. Sometimes you choose, I was, I stayed at home for a long time, raising children. 
And then I was like, okay, it's now time. I'm at a point where I can go back into the workforce. So, mm -hmm. you know, you support each other, and that looks very different at different times mm -hmm. based on where you're at. And totally agree. Purpose, determination, consistency. We talked about all this. You know, if you have all that, you will get to that point where you're able to, you know, afford things that you want for your children and for your family and experiences and taking the vacations and making your, sure your kids have all of that because you want that for your children. You end up wanting that for your children. Um, but, you know, I think those are, you don't have to have, choosing one or the other. I, mm -hmm. I, I agree. I, I don't think that that's the way to look at it or the perspective. It's yeah. where well, that comes here, together. Look, the, we're going to get into some some of the most expensive cities going on in the country. Life is getting more expensive uh, these days, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, with Thanks, all due Joe respect, Biden. I don't see <laughs> the hey, lovely Catalina Loft yeah. dating a janitor making ten grand a year. <laughs> with all due respect. Yeah. Hey, and, if it was love, you never know. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, can we bring the janitor out? I think <laughs> he would love to date you. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there, there's um, lip service because you don't want to say things like, oh, of course I want my guy to yeah. like. I'll say it. Make of course I want my guy to make six figures. Yeah, I'll course. say it for the ladies. Because life is getting more expensive these days. I mean, exactly. it's, and look, we'll go through some of the most expensive cities. Um, in the country these days, and I want to ask you guys like how you're processing what's going on right now. But here, top 10 most expensive metro areas for renters, okay? Um, here are the top 10 most expensive metro areas for renters at Fort Lauderdale, California, which you just moved out of, yep. you know. You got New York City, you got Miami, Fort Lauderdale, you got um, Thousand Oaks, Ventura, California, you got San Diego, your people out there, you got Honolulu, Hawaii, you got LA, Long Beach, Anaheim, California, you got Napa Valley, California, you got Naples on the west coast here in Florida, you got Washington, D.C. and the um, um, DMV area of uh, Maryland, uh, you know, District of Columbia and Virginia, that area you wanted to be in. <laughs> and then uh, Bridgeport, uh, Stanford, Connecticut, we're basically hedge fund country. There's another article, like, it's so funny, this thing came out the 19th. The 20th, nope, so breaking news, Miami's now is actually the most expensive city in it, uh, to rent in the country, so that's what's going on right there. Yeah. There's another article right here. Seven cities where 250 grand salaries is worth the least. New York is number one. Mm. New York, Honolulu, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Long Beach, DC, San Diego. Basically, 250K is the equivalent of 80 grand in New York, oh. 82 grand in Honolulu, 82 grand San Francisco, 100 grand in LA, uh, so on and so forth. Basically, Money ain't what it used to be, ladies and gentlemen, here. So I know that you're saying that money's not that important. San Diego's freaking expensive. Yes. Chicago, I, it's not on this list, but I know it's not the cheapest place. You're from New York. Yeah. Not exactly uh, mm -hmm. cheap these days. You live in Miami. You see what's going on out here. You moved out of California because oh, yeah. taxes were insane. So things are changing. Like, prices are getting crazy. Inflation is pretty wild. So I know on one hand you're like, well, I don't really care what a man makes. Yeah, well, if it's 250k in San Diego is actually worth 100 grand. What does 100 grand get you in San Diego? Like, what, you live in a one-bedroom place, two-bedroom place? I do. On the beach, it's, a, it's quite expensive. Okay. Yeah, but I think, and I'm not. I'm actually going to be moving soon um, back to Arizona, which is mm. which is my hometown. So again, it's about what you value. And I've had I've had the corporate job. I've had 
the making the six figures. I've worked my butt off. I was working 14 hours a day during the pandemic. Um, and that took, that took my quality of life suffered. So if you find someone and I think if you both decided like this is what we value in our life, right? We value, you know, having a little bit more freedom to have our money go a little bit longer way. Like then we're going to move to Iowa or we're going to move to Arizona. We're going to we're going to make some life decisions where our money is going to go further. I would much rather have that than again, both of us never see each other. Be working all the time. Like what's the point of even being in a relationship at that point? And th th for me, this goes bigger. This is, I believe, America's problem. Like, we are a very materialistic society, and coming from a girl who grew up on SpaghettiOs, I think that we are moving into a, a very dangerous territory where we value work and we value the coin over relationships. We are willing to sacrifice our personal relationships, being with each other, sending, okay, we want to send our kids to private school, but at what cost? So that, that is my question to you all, is like, at what well, cost? Well, what Tyler, if you can't, so what if you can't afford you what if you, you, you have two what kids? You two kids. Yeah. Okay, you, you're a CPA. You do very well for yourself, I'm assuming, right? Things are, life's okay. good, right? Yeah. You're sending your kids to private school. You're living in Jupiter, uh, uh, Abacoa. I know it very well. How does it work in your relationship? I assume you have your, your provider, your protector, yeah. but you're also very present with your wife. How does it work? Is she ever complaining you work too much? Or she's like, sure. honey, you're crushing it. Keep fucking going. I love what I'm doing in life. You know, it ebbs and flows. Your, give me your, your so story. So when we started out, she made more money than I did, actually, in our early relationship. Do? So she used to be a recruiter for a biotech company. Mm -hmm. So she recruited mm -hmm. scientists over from the dark side to the dark side of sales, basically. Uh, and I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. And then I found it. And then eventually, you know, uh, once we had... Um, kind of when she got pregnant with our second with our son is when she decided to become a full-time mom and now she gets to she teaches yoga for private parties and and that's kind of what she gets to do and then also as as a mom which it's it's not earning income but it's working it's it's definitely working so um, so and at the same time it goes in ebbs and flows I think that at, when you own a business you're always on and so there's definitely times when she's like hey you know Put your phone down, uh, but then there's there's also times we were just talking about this where at least a couple times a year we take five six days and go away just the two of us and we don't do anything and we just finished we were just in, you know just in the keys our kids went to snorkel camp for like Monday to Friday nine to four we got a full day every day just to be the two of us and our anniversary in September the, her parents flew out and we had four nights at a hotel and we just like literally laid on the beach and did nothing and, and hung out. So, so I think it's, in, in order to sort of have both, it's gotta be periods of intense focus mm -hmm. where you are a little distracted and maybe not connected, but as long as you're balanced, it's not balance, it's balancing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're going back and forth and taking that time to be present. And like we try to wake up before our kids, our daughter, my daughter wakes up super early, so we try to get that coffee time, but, and then, you know, Occasionally, you know, we put the kids to bed and then we hang out together for a little bit afterwards. Uh, or lunch dates are a big thing when the kids are at school. Um, and so we try to, you know, sneak it in. But it's definitely a period of time where it's, I'm distracted and doing work, you know, working hard, especially during certain busy seasons. Um, and then taking time to just totally disconnect and, and do that, too. I think that's the perfect world, if we're being really honest. I think having a man that is like that, that can be successful, that can be present. Unfortunately, I don't know a, 
sometimes you can't have that. It's work. Oh, it takes work. It takes yeah. intention. You know, just right. like, you know, if, if you're, they say if you, you know, climb up the ladder and then it's on the wrong wall, you know, then you're at the top of the ladder, but it's the wrong wall. I think it's, it's critical to do that with your life and figure out what you want. And we've, it's been a, you know, a work in process over, you know, a decade plus of figuring out what works and what doesn't, so. I also think um, it's a matter of also like, you know, it's important that you have certain values and things, but what if you can't afford the things that you value, you know? Like you are living a lifestyle where you're able to uh, take a vacation with your wife and send your kids to those places. Like <laughs> people who make no money don't get to do that. People who make no money, they have to be at home, they have to wake up early, they have to work their butt off, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Like. They don't have options. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time, especially today, it's kind of frowned upon that women may consider, you know, the amount of money a man makes before they make a decision to date them and be with them. It was frowned upon and it's kind of a shame because I think as a woman you also want to consider like your family, your kids, your husband, the lifestyle you want to have for them. Like that also takes money. And I think sometimes we just think like, oh money, materialistic things, that's what goes together. But a lot of the time as we forget money gives you options. Money gives you the opportunity to look in different areas. Money gives you the opportunity to send your kids to private school. Mm -hmm. And of course that's gonna take sacrifice and time, but again, it takes effort to also keep your relationship, any family, if you have money or no money, like it takes that effort and time is gonna be distracted and pulled away, but I think in a perfect world, women are like, you know, we just care about the man, and of course you want to have good values and, and have those things about a man, but I think you also want to, especially today with how expensive things are, that should be something important. You know, you want to consider how much is this person making, how much am I making, what sacrifices need to be made to live the lifestyle we both want. But think but, about um, if your wife judged you like that when <clears throat> she first met you. And think, my godparents have been married for 40 plus years, and they tell me stories about burning chili and, you know, my godmother being in tears because that was the only, you know, money they had to buy the beans for that week. He's a very successful lawyer. He, they retired on a golf course. They're part of an amazing community in Phoenix. Think about if my godmother was like, "No thanks." Oh, for the I'm same not, thing with my I'm wife. We wouldn't have been, you, you know, like right. I said, when we started, she was making yeah. making more money than I was. Uh, so I think with that, it's more about earning potential and, right, right. and the ambition right, and what right. are you talking about when you're talking about how you want your life to look. Mm -hmm. And when we were having those conversations early in our relationship, when I was still in grad school and, and she was working and going to school at night, um, you know, we had big conversations about building big, cool things together. Tyler, is your I wife still working? Uh, she, she's has does teaches yoga a couple times a week but primarily okay, so, so I'm the main she's no provider. longer the breadwinner right okay so something's changed in the last decade yes. where she went from the breadwinner and you were just kind of starting off your career and now you're right. the breadwinner yeah she, okay gotcha she was an investor yeah there we go <laughs> gotcha. she was the so investor. yeah well th that's how, it's funny how that works because if your wife was still the breadwinner and you were still figuring it out 10 right. years oh, yeah, later, that would be a... buddy, you, she would have cut your ass off for 10 sure. years yeah. ago. Mm -hmm. No offense. Yeah. Like, but the fact that you figured it out and you've made money yeah. and now she's teaching yoga even though she was the breadwinner a decade ago, that's the, that's the moral well, of the story right there. What's really cool, so we, we, she quit her job when she was pregnant with our second and what was really interesting about that is the moment she did that, my income went up significantly mm. because I, I, why is that by I the think, way yeah. i think number one is i got like, oh, shit, i got some kids right. to take I care of but number two 
when you're both working full time and you have children, it is everyone's burnt out, everyone's exhausted and at each other's throats. When one person can focus on raising the family, and yeah, I'm, I try to be a great dad too, but like running the family is a full time job. Yeah. So then also yeah. doing a full time job on top of that, everyone's burnt out in that scenario. So we got to sort of take the pressure cooker valve, open the valve a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. So I could then focus on growing my business without feeling guilty about mm. it. And then she got to be with, with her children, you know, with our children and, and, and do that. So partnership. Yeah, exactly. It's, if you were in a, a company, yeah. your CEO, mm -hmm. that, it's a partnership. And she's the CEO. Is your, exactly. Are, is your husband partners with you in your business? Uh, no, my husband has his own family successful business and they've gotcha. been at it for 40 years. So, gotcha. you know, but there was in, a in runway. In terms of income, does he make the majority of it? All of it right now. He makes we're, all of it. We're still a startup. Okay, so gotcha. You're I, still we're, a startup. We're, we're, we're good, but okay. not, Can we you know. talk about how it's like the government's fault that people don't have money? Because we're just so overtaxed <laughs> all the time. These cities are just run so poorly. <clears throat> and yet, well, Florida, a lot of cities around here aren't. But we can't even live anymore because the government is taking our money, our hard-earned money, spending it on God knows what, politicians included. We're not all that bad, but, um, and that's a problem. That is the problem. People are working so much now. They barely have any income now to bring home because we're paying half of it to Uncle Sam. But is that a new problem? Yeah. That's Actually, it's getting worse. So inflation, inflation, inflation well, yeah, of course, is getting inflation worse. Is so so fun fact, yeah, if you look at income tax history and the entire history of the United States since there was an income tax in 1918, we are in the lowest, lowest. bracket yeah, ever. ever. The top mm. tax bracket in the 50s was 94%. Yeah. Mm. I read that recently, yeah. too. Yeah. The yeah. That was the, the famous story yeah. with Ronald Reagan. He would only do two movies a year because the top tax bracket was 90%. And he's like, anything over 200 grand, I'm getting taxed at 94%. I'm not going to make a third movie because taxes are insane. Yeah. And that's what basically yeah, inspired trickle-down economics and all that. Government was not spending the trillions of dollars that they are spending in today's decade than they were back then. So I'd like to see True. the numbers of government spending, which cor correlates to taxpayers having to foot the bill. To my understanding, it's, it's we haven't had wage inflation keep up with regular inflation. We haven't had raises to keep up with the lifestyle of living. I don't know what the, if, you, if the account has any information on that, but that's all who I... Uh, so I'm more of a tax accountant than an economist, so I can't really like, <laughs> totally speak to that. But in general, that's my understanding of it, too, is that yeah. wages aren't keeping up. Wages are not keeping up with inflation. Well, it depends yeah. on what your job is, though. Yeah. Because wages if you, aren't, if you, right. if you wages run a business or you're a salesperson, you don't have a ceiling on your income. It's, it's right. where you add value. But wages aren't keeping up because the amount of regulation, say, to start a small business, all the corporate taxes now, it's making entrepreneurs, it's harder to... Ha be a small business owner nowadays. You got to pay for health care. You got to pay for employment benefits. You have all this stuff, all this money now that is liable to the little guy, or even a lot of corporations are paying so much money and they can't afford wages at this point because you're paying for so much other things. A mm -hmm. lot of it, 90% of it, to the government. Not 90%. So what's your solution, uh, Professor? Cut taxes. <laughs> cut taxes, cut regulation, allow for small to medium-sized businesses to thrive, allow entrepreneurs to 
to ha make it easier for them mm -hmm. to start their businesses and ultimately slash federal funding in the pork that we have on all of these different departments and initiatives, just so much money that's out there that is causing all of this. Why are we sending billions of dollars to Ukraine? Well, here's the tax what? guys. What's yeah, the answer? I don't know about Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, there's so much money out there that is our hard-earned money that is being sent to Uncle Sam, and it's not being re it's not being managed correctly by the government. And I'm sorry, the American people can manage their own pocketbooks better than the government and politicians can. Oh, I think there, sure. there's a lot. I mean, there's so much out there, to your point. And I'm a small business owner. I, you know, support in terms of, you know, my husband and their family are really proud of what I'm doing and helping me navigate a little bit. But, you know, I think there's so many distractions out there that we can claim to and cling to to stop us from trying to be doing what our dreams are, our businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, uh, it's a, I put all my sweat and tears and money, mine and whatever pennies I could scrap up to do this. And we're profitable, we're, we're sustainable, we're scaling. And yeah, I pay my our employees very well because they're so underrepresented in the market. That's part of what we do is making sure that we are elevating, which are, like I said, all women, to mobility. People don't want to pay childcare providers. They don't. We, they don't see the value in it because we, that's a whole other subject. We could do a whole other story on that. But anyway, so you know, I think I don't want to just deter people from trying because oh, I'm going to get taxed. I'm never going to get out. I'm not. You have to try. We tried this. We said this before. You have to navigate to figure out how to make it work. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, your relationships, your, you got to figure it out. No one's going to figure it out for you. That's not how this works. It's you showing up every day and tapping into people you know, whether it's say, hey, oh, you're a tax accountant. I heard you. You were neighbors. Can you maybe help me navigate this? Because I don't really understand. That's what it's about. Excuse me. So, you know, I feel that all of these out there, out there, the taxes, this, the Ukraine, this, Andrew, all of it, it's just to keep you in your head like, oh, I can't or, oh, this is busy, busy work. But to be fair... It is easy for you to say that. No, it's versus, not. Versus somebody who is waiting tables or... I waited tables. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It is all... I've waited tables. That I was understand. my first job. I, I, my, one of my worst jobs, but I learned so much, was I used to spray... I didn't come from this. Mm -hmm. I didn't come from this. It's years, decades in the making of mm -hmm. just every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. But there are certain challenges that our generation is facing and the Gen Z generation as far as 2008 home crisis, right, where they didn't produce enough real estate. That's why, ta that's why we are in the position that we are in right now because there isn't enough. There, so rent has to go up because the supply Absolutely. is completely depleted. So there are certain things with, and I, and I 100% girl, I'm, I grew up in the ghetto, so I understand, ghetto. you know, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, but I also think that there, there are certain generational issues that they are facing that we potentially didn't have to face and they're having to navigate in these big cities. It is very hard to make it. I, I would agree with it's that. A mix. Yeah. It's a mix. And my, my only point is that the government should not, it shouldn't be a factor into, it shouldn't be a reason why somebody doesn't pursue their dreams. Of right. course, we sink or swim. We're all entrepreneurs. You pivot. You should go against those obstacles and overcome those challenges. The government should be working for the American people, not the people working for the government.
or, or everyone just invest in Bitcoin and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, turn let, we're going to do a couple more topics before uh, everyone doing okay. Thank you for uh, the uh, spirit of debate right there. Um, by the way, you um, sing, uh, married, single, 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 married. Um, you were, what were you about to say about Andrew Tate? Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Oh, you can a topic we it. want it all. Okay, <laughs> well did you hear what he said about uh, demanding loyalty from your woman? Oh, here's interesting. A, here's actually an interesting uh, anecdote from um, our friend Andrew. He said, Andrew Tate demands unwavering loyalty from women while their partners are behind bars. Fans ask, would a guy be this loyal to his woman? Uh, do we have a tweet that he, that he put out there? Uh, this one. This yeah, one? here it is, right here. Okay, let me zoom out. Okay, so he basically, yeah, see if you can play that. Here's why you with her. I know she's hot, I know she's funny, I know she makes you laugh. But if you can't sit in that jail cell with 100% certainty that she's not out with her friends, them in her ear, talking shit, and her ending up with some other guy, why are you even buying her dinner? For what, sex? That loyalty to me is the only thing left that's valuable. If your woman wouldn't wait... So Keep playing it. For you, if you went to jail for five years, why are you with her? I know she's hot, I know she's funny, I know she makes so you laugh. So basically saying if, you if um, you're married, single, 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 married, basically the presumption is um, if you as a man went to jail for five years, would your woman be willing to wait around for you? Ride right? or die. Ride or die. <laughs> so under what circumstance would you be willing to wait five years for your man in jail? You're married. If your man went to jail today, well, I think it depends do? what he goes to jail for. Yes. Let's start yeah. there. Okay. Uh, that's a really big one. So let's just put that on the yeah. blanket table, right? By the way, ladies, full disclosure, I have no plans on going to jail. But if I do, you so, wait for me, girl. I, I, right, no matter what I did. Um, so I think that's number one. Uh, you know, waiting five years, I think five years goes by like in a blink of an eye at this point in my life. So... I, it all depends on the situation, and I can't you just put a blanket statement. You're married, though. Yeah, I was... If your husband went to jail for five years, whatever it is. I, no, not whatever it is, because there is... If it was really something that I just morally didn't agree with, okay. I wouldn't wait. So it depends on the charge. Yes. So if it was, like, fraud or embezzlement. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a good one to be... But that's, that's it, fine. that you're yeah. leaving your husband. He's done. I, I mean, that's you know. That's like the lowest of the totem pole. I that's mean, what I'm saying. So like, I, have a, I have a very high if, bar here. <laughs> if it was I'm like not even a going Casey Anthony situation, yeah. situation where there's like a mix children, up? then maybe. I know. mean, yeah, I, I don't know. You have children with your husband. Yeah, I do. Okay. And I, I respect that nuclear very much, so. But you're not and willing to wait five years. I know, again, I think it depends on what it is. Okay. If it, you said embezzlement and fraud, Depends on how much, I guess. <laughs> jaywalking. Jay, he went to, went to jail for jaywalking. I'm staying. Okay. So it's a, it's a Maslow's hierarchy. Or maybe hierarchy not. Like, how there. stupid could you be to get Natalie, go ahead. Your what? man goes to jail for five years. And I'm still 24? Yes. <laughs> no kids? No kids. I'm not staying. That's oh, it. See? You're gone. gone. Boundaries. Okay. Sarah? Totally with you on. It depends on what it is. It, it tells me everything. I mean, was there a, a firearm involved? Was there, did someone die? This is, is there... your man. You've got a family together. You got kids. You got a lifestyle. 
He's gone away for five years, and you want to know what the charge is? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what the yeah. charge is. I want to be there for the loves attorney. You, you love him. That's it? You're out? You're partying with your friends again? Well, why would I stay? I don't know, guys. Why I'm would I stay? <laughs> what, what's, okay. the, what's the incentive to stay with someone if you both went into the relationship valuing honesty, loyalty, trust, having a, you know, a high values together like morals you're supposed to go down on a sinking ship <laughs> Absolutely. Uh -uh. I, 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 I didn't say 50 year guys this is okay if All we right. believe in the same god like my Catalina. god yeah you meet this man of your dreams he's with you you got a family you got kids he goes away for five years okay what i do agree you do? it does depend on what he did the criminal justice system <laughs> sometimes i don't know um give me okay i'm so, loyal to a fault man i I'd probably, uh, again, depends what he did. If, if I loved him and he was innocent, yeah, and I knew he was a good man, and it wasn't that bad of a problem. Now you go to jail See? for like, you know, I don't know, having weed in your car now. So give me, give me like, all right, if it was this, I'd stay. I don't know. But if I it was know. this, I'm out. Like you say, you guys keep saying it depends what he did. Well, let's really talk about like what the question is, is what Andrew yeah. Tate did. Right. And we don't know, obviously. That's yet to be determined um, by... Fabricated charges, I know that. <laughs> but if it was... What if it was child prostitution? That's probably not the best man that you want to be with. Right. But if with they your are kids. fabricated yeah. charges, let's yeah. say, you, a woman should be loyal to her man and should believe in their innocence first. That's your, you're supposed to be your best friend. The person, yeah. you're ride or die. And yeah. if you don't have the, the support and the loyalty from the number one person who you should have support and loyalty from, that's a problem. Well, let me ask you this. Did he let you know what he was doing in order to go to jail? Were you a, somewhat aware or was it, <laughs> oh did you get the option to say, okay, I'm on board, sure, we're gonna go down, all right. I'm just gauging your, your lovely lady's loyalty out here. <laughs> Tyler, how does it work in your loyal. world? Yeah. If, if your wife was here, if, if my if wife, she was on this panel right now, I'm like, yo, what's your wife's name? Erica. Erica, you're gorgeous, you're lovely, you met in Hawaii, you met Tyler out there, your <laughs> brother, the brother, you hooked you up, it's all good, shout out to the brother. You got two kids with Tyler. Tyler did some embezzlement stuff, all right? It was an issue, it was an Enron situation, it was a CPA. He's going to jail for five years. What would Erica do? Well, for us, marriage is forever. So, mm. and uh, you know, if I, I was gonna say if, if, if my wife ended up in jail for five years, it was definitely false charges. So somebody's gotta make sure that the family runs and marriage is forever. Yeah. So we'd be uh, doing some conjugal visits and seeing each other in five <laughs> years. <you know>? <laughs> right? <laughs> I want a husband like that. This That's is what good. I'm saying, ladies. That is good. Yes. You want this. Now, <laughs> he works hard. He makes money. He's not always there. He puts the phone down for five minutes at a time. <laughs> Five-day vacations. He's making that money. Yeah. I'm just saying, marriage is forever. Priorities. That's right. Got the priorities. All right, Man. well, we got to bust Erica out of jail, bro. We got to get her out of jail. <laughs> anyway, but listen, it's, it's sort of like a ridiculous question if your husband goes to jail for five years. But... I guess the, the reason that I bring this up is we're so quick to, like, get out of a situation. Oh, no, five years is, is, is kind of like a time period where it's like one or two years, like, yeah, of course I'd wait. Ten, twenty years, it's like, yeah, peace out, homie. But five years is like that weird number where it's like, what did he do? What are the charges? <laughs> How long we been, do we have kids together? 
But I feel like every man wants a girl who's loyal, you know, like you said, ride or die. I feel like that's really what a guy wants, right? Where don't you as a woman want the same thing from your man? Loyalty? 100%. Commitment? Okay. That's number one, honestly. So if I go to jail for five years, I need to know you ladies are going to be sticking around. <laughs> Shit. All right. Anyway, final thoughts on that? Don't commit crimes that you okay. can't. Right. not so getting married right. at 24. Oh. That's my fault. You're not getting married at 24. What age would you like got, to get married? I only got six months left, if that's the case, and I hope that's not going to happen. What age would you like to get married? You know what's funny is when I was 18, and I was young and stupid and delusional and naive, I used to think I wanted to get married at 25 and have kids by 27. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm 24, the thought of that makes me want to like throw up. Okay. And just because I'm still learning so much about myself and who I want to be and develop into as a person and what do I want to attract in a partner, not just a relationship, but a partner, to your point earlier, I don't want that right now. I'm not ready for that right now. So to answer your question, so what age? 30, probably, okay. if 30. not later. You have that clip of that 35-year-old? So, all right, so you, when you were 18, you thought that 25 would be the number. Now that you're 25... I think that 30 is the number. Yeah. You said you're 37? 38. 38? You look like you're 37, though, so you're looking good. <laughs> what age would you like to get married? Um, it doesn't matter. It's the Marriage is not the end goal for me. It's about having a healthy relationship. You want to have kids? Uh, it, that's not... Uh, it doesn't matter. Kourtney Does Kardashian is no. pregnant at 44, 42? Yeah, how much money did she pay for that? <laughs> what, age, what age do you want to get married and have you kids? You know, I want an entire football team, so my biological clock is... She is uh, tick, no. and you're 29? I'm 30. 30. Um, I would rather wait for the right person and be madly in love and have a great relationship than just get married just for the age yeah. aspect. Mm -hmm. But obviously women are on a biological clock, which is tough. Well, 44, Kourtney Kardashian. She's already had like three kids before that though, right? That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she was like with Scott Disick at the time. Was she <laughs> late 20s, early 30s? But then they had in vitro and it's just like, you know, I just I'd like, you know, the process to be you know, you, you don't but know. But you want to find the right person instead of just I think, just aiming for a number. Do you have this clip of this 35-year-old girl? Which one? No? No. Okay, it was the last clip. Behind the mind of a 35-year-old single woman. Let me pull it up. I don't see it. I can't hear you. Uh, let me check, because I don't see it in the Okay, got slide. it. Then don't worry about it. We'll, we'll move on. Um, I have it. Okay. I, found, I actually found this thing interesting. Go ahead, pull this up. Okay. I need a husband. What? I need a husband, and... Turn up the volume. Um, yeah, and I don't care. Mm, I'm not really husband material. You're, you'll be fine. No, like, uh, I, I don't cook. I cook. And I don't clean. I clean just fine. Mm -mm. I play video games all day. Fine. I'm talking Fortnite, <laughs> Overwatch, League of Legends. I don't care. I need a husband. Okay? I got three kids, and I owe the IRS money. It's okay. We'll make it work. Well, come in. <laughs> hey, how you doing? So, you said that you want to be married by 30. Not by 30. Yeah. But right now at 24, if I were to look at my future, around 30 would be more ideal than right now at 24. Gotcha. 
But do you think that also comes from maybe not feeling or not having um, a specific relationship in your life? Like, do, do you think if you would have had a man who has stuck by you from 22 to 20 to, to now and has done everything that you really wanted and, you know, you've grown, like, and he was to propose, would you, would, you would say no now? Or is, do you think not having somebody is the reason for your answer? No, I would, if, if I was, had been with somebody for a long period of time, you know, a couple of years, and they were adding a value to my life, and I knew I was adding a value to their life, and we had a beautiful partnership, then yeah, sure, I would get married right now, but yeah. because I don't have that, and I'm still figuring out, you know, who I am in this skin, you know, I, I don't want to be married or engaged right now. Mm. All right, dude, I'm not yeah. proposing. Your life. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm just asking just because that does also play a factor because you can ask a girl like, you know, you're not in a place to get married, but you're also not with somebody that you feel comfortable to marry either. Right. You know, so it's not bad to get married young, you know, especially if you want to have a, a football a team like Miss Catalina, right? You <laughs> have to kind of get married younger and do all those things younger. But um, I think that's also an important factor, like, and, and Catalina hit this on the head earlier where she said, like, back then, you know, families, they would, like, struggle together. They would come, you know, they would go through that process and journey together. So having a marriage, like, at a younger age was more common, you know, because everyone kind of knew, like, okay, we're going to struggle our way to success. Um, so yeah. I think, like, being mindful of, like, okay, well, I don't have a partner, so that's why I'm not married. Not because, like, I don't want to get married right now, but, you know, being open to finding a partner and then marriage, I feel like, becomes a little bit more, like, in your face at that point because you're in a relationship. But the baby boomers who did get married at a younger age and who did stick it out now have the highest rate of divorces. Yeah. And now the younger generation that is waiting a little bit to get married older, the divorce rate is going down. So I think just my personal stance as a relationship coach is you have to take the time to heal yourself, understand what it is that you value in a partner. What is it like? What is it that you want to build with someone? Have date for a long time before you yeah. enter into marriage. I think that entering into a marriage just to get married, especially women feeling that pressure just to have kids, I see that turn into a disaster. Totally. And I, and I coach are most, clients. Your, are most your clients men or women? Both and some. What's have been the percentage breakdown? Eighty percent men and twenty percent women. Mostly men. men. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay. Who, who? What's the most common problem that the men are having? Uh, they're in sexless marriages. Their sexless marriage. wife hates them. Um, they are wife. struggling to find <laughs> a woman that that they that they want to date. Um, they're struggling to find women that want to. That, that understand men, um, but the biggest thing is that they're just in really unhappy situations and they don't know how to get out of it okay. or, or how to make it better. Gotcha. And the, hmm. the, the women, the 20% that are women, what are their biggest problems? Um, really, really wanting to be in a relationship, trying to understand men, trying to... They're not married. They're not married. So if I can encapsulate what you're saying, the 80% are men are married and they're in sexless marriages and they're just miserable. Mm -hmm. And the 20% of women are not married and they're looking to find a man. Wow. Yep. They look to me because I have a, a, a greater understanding of men than they do. And they're trying to understand. Yeah. How do I? So what's your solution for the men? My solution to the men? Yeah. Well, a lot of them struggle with understanding women from an emotional standpoint. Um, they, they got married young. They didn't value the same things. And now they're, they're kind of both at this precipice where they've had children or they're you know, they're kind of stuck raising the kids and they don't know what to do. So my 
really, you have two other options. You can divorce and be happy and go your separate ways and find someone that you do value and you guys value the same things because people do change considerably or you get into therapy and you understand why you're fighting so much and why she's so pissed off at you that she doesn't want to have sex with you. And it goes, it goes way back to really attachment and bonding and how they can talk to each other. I'm sure you and your wife have gone through some potential, maybe some dry spells, I don't know, at all. Yeah, I mean, you go ebbs, ebbs and flows and, you know, throughout 10, 11 years of, of marriage and, you know, the times when you're least connected is when that doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen. Yeah, so, so I think so people, have a, people have a choice. Like, they can either decide that we're in this, we're going forward, like we're, we're doing this, mm-hmm. or... It's time to split up, and but both I don't. And not always splitting up is time. always. Sometimes splitting up is, it's. I've done it, and it's, it's very traumatic. It's mm-hmm. very traumatic, and it doesn't always necessarily mean it was the best thing. It's just what you did at that time, right? And sometimes staying, and you think, oh, I can't stand this person. I can't even look at them, and you can go for that years, and then you figure out a way to make it work. And it's right. just, like you said, a choice. And I'm only speaking from my experience of, mm-hmm. you know, actually having all of these experiences that we're talking about and living them, walking them, um, that, you know, you have to look at a hard look at yourself. It's not even about your partner. Mm -hmm. It's about yourself and where you're at and what you're looking to do and what people don't really change, but where you're willing to use the word pivot or adjust and grow. Mm -hmm back to your trauma so it's half of the time because the half of the time these people who do get divorced you know what they just repeat the same mistakes that they did the first time yeah and they might stay a little bit longer maybe she's a little bit younger but guess what she's gonna want the same things your first wife wanted yeah it it just repeats itself do you think sometimes too in your experiences that people are sometimes i don't want to say with each other for the wrong reasons but it's playing out a pattern or it's just playing out almost like a fear thing because I just think that I, I just see a lot of couples even my age are our age are divorcing now and I know we don't have the research on you know the as long as baby boomers but I do see a lot of people getting divorced after one or two years of marriage and I wonder if it's just because people don't either know themselves and they they don't have the same amount of depth in a relationship that there might have been, you know, 50, 40 years from now. But, like, look, and I would love to have the, the perspective of, marri- of the married people here, but I, I truly believe that you can find it all in somebody, that, you, that there, are a, there is a soulmate, you know, the, the, the emotional, intellectual, physical, um, that kind of that, that better half, and I... And I wonder if sometimes people are just kind of settling along the way or because they don't know themselves or they don't feel that they are worth finding or having it all. And he, that's why those guys, when we get in those relationships of the 80%, like, why are they so miserable? It's like, well, if you had it all and you found, you know, nobody's perfect, but if you found who you wanted to be with, like, would they be that unhappy? People typically recreate the trauma that they saw in their early childhood with their parents they mm-hmm. just repeat the same patterns so they they're they're living a life unexamined they're getting into a relationship and as you you alluded to you are a much different person i can tell you 100 percent. i am not even the same person i was at 25 versus 38 i mean you go through these experiences and you you have to learn sometimes okay i don't 
I don't want that in a relationship. That, when I was 22, I learned that. When I was 24, I learned that in that relationship. So to get married young and not really having a great understanding of what is it that you're gonna look like at 35, and if two people aren't growing together, like with intention, mm -hmm. right. and saying, this is the life that, like you, mm -hmm. I can already tell you, you have an amazing marriage, because you had those conversations early really, on. really early on. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't taught how to have those mm -hmm. conversations, or they're not having them, or the chemicals and the 18 months, and things are just hot and heavy, and then that's what happens. That's why people or are Or you getting. just assume we're on the same page until you're not on the same page. Yeah, or just tough, there's no depth. Tough conversations, like, and people are afraid to be, people are truly afraid to be alone. Women are facing the their fertility issues, right? Like, I have to get married, and so a lot of women will marry the wrong guy because there is that biological clock and, and unfortunately you guys don't have that mm -hmm. pressure to deal with so i encourage women you know if you want kids freeze your eggs like make that an option what? you're, you're mm. advising right. women to freeze their eggs 100 okay. if they want kids and they're 35 and they have not found that man yet freeze your eggs have you done that no because i don't potentially i don't want kids you don't want kids don't no why not um, just never really, never really wanted them. Yeah. Not your thing? Not my thing. No. Gotcha. But you're advising women to freeze the eggs? I think so. I think, okay. yeah, if that's what What percentage you... of the women that are, um, that you're dealing with want to have kids? Um, I'd say maybe 60%. The other 40%? Not, nothing? They would oh. much rather have a partner, and especially the women that follow me all the time, they tell me, you know, I'd much rather find a partner than be in a relationship and miserable, married with a child. Because guess what happens then, Adam? I become a single mother. Oh. And no woman <laughs> wants to sign up willingly <clears throat> to be a single mother. So we have different you know, consequences to being a woman. That these well, are, there's certain those women are out there that are looking to Make a football team. <laughs> we're gonna wish them luck. Good, with that. because I can offer you childcare and <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. I yeah. like this. I Guys, like this. Wrap it up real quick. Um, thanks for uh, everything today. I'm feeling a lot better right now somehow. So this is Yay. great. Nat, before we go to the happy ending, is there any super chats you want to read? Yes, we Shout do. Shout out to everyone watching chats. today. Thanks for uh, dealing with uh, everything that I'm dealing with today. Aww. Thank you. Well, we support your sauce. Um, well, thank you all for the super chats today. We appreciate you guys. Um, I'll go through them. We've got Crypto Keeper. Shout out to you. I see you all the time in the chat. Shout out to you. He said, there are no trans men on the panel. Adam, just kidding. Do the ladies, and ex do the ladies have experience with transgendered people and pronouns? Uh, and then he also said, Adam's got jokes. Uh, bring the janitor out here. <laughs> uh, then we have Cam Shrump. He said, kicked out of class in... I don't know, COL, because of a girl, accidentally sprayed her while watering corn. Hmm. Shaking my head. I don't understand that one. But thank you guys for the super chats today. Uh, let me check if we have any last minute ones. No. Okay, we are good to go. Thank you guys for those chats. Um, we appreciate all of you guys watching today. Make sure you guys like the video, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. Um, and let's go back to uh, Sasa's favorite part, which is the happy ending. Yeah, guys, so this is the happy ending. So this <laughs> is at the point of the show where, you know, like a happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Yay. Happy <laughs> Happily ending. ever after? Happy ever after. This is a chance for you to look in the camera, um, drive traffic to wherever you want people to, to find you, or to uh, kind of give your final thoughts on today's episode. Ayana, you've been uh, lovely. I can't believe you're 50. Ridiculous. Hello. What's <laughs> going on right now? 
Uh, there's your camera back there. No, you're here. You're here right with here. me. Right here. Hi. Uh, where, would you, where would you like people to find you, and uh, what's your message? So my message is about just thank you for an honor to be here and sharing, and this is part of an experience, so it's been so much fun. So thank you very much. Uh, I can be found at itabbykids.com, and, you know, we are here to help people navigate childcare and a new approach. So just thank you for sharing time with us today. Uh, when I have kids, you're my first call. Uh, I can't wait. That's it. I'm waiting for you. getting a lot of practice right now. But <laughs> Keep on practicing, and no then you'll send them over yet. to I us. Will. Okay. Natalie? Well, I don't have a business, so no shout Shoutouts yet, but TBD on that. Maybe in five more years. Um, I had fun today, Adam. It was our first time. Thank you. On your, on your pod. Um, maybe I'll be back. I hope. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, if you have those great jokes that you were th throwing out there earlier, I'll bring I'll bring About Pringles, Pringles next jokes, time. Yeah. Sour bring cream and onion or extra cheddar, maybe. Deal. Um, I only have Instagram. Natalie underscore airs ten. That's yeah, it. Everyone's gonna be um, in <clears> the description below. below. But cool. Thank you, Sarah. Where do I look? You're right there. Oh, I don't Out even there? think I Great. was looking in the right place. <laughs> yeah. I was looking over there. Hi, everyone. Sarah Dawn Moore, relationship coach. If you need help understanding what a healthy relationship looks like, how to vet people, how to look inside your childhood trauma and uh, not repeat the mistakes that your potential parents made, I am your girl. Follow me on Instagram at Sarah Dawn Moore and SarahDawnMoore.com. Don't relive your parents' trauma, that's for sure. <laughs> the lovely Catalina Loff in the house. There's your camera right there. Thanks for having us today. Of it was course. Fun. I kind of felt like it was like Clue. It's like all these different uh, eccentric backgrounds and yes. coming together. Uh, Catalina Lauf on all social media platforms. Just a, a normal girl. <laughs> Running. Normal Hopefully girl trying to change the world. Yes, and uh, if you have, if you're constipated, <laughs> buy Begin Health. <laughs> if your child is constipated, also buy Begin Health. And now looking for uh, first gentleman resumes. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if you are open to having a football team, I'm just for totally all you kidding. hot constipated gentlemen out there. <laughs> <laughs> Catalina Lauf is accepting <laughs> resumes for yes. quarterback uh, football team. Quarter quarterback. So funny, Tyler. Quarterbacks. Well, thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks bro. for having me as the token dude on this panel. Yeah, so of course. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, I'm most active on Instagram, uh, Tyler McBroom, just my name there. I give out free tax tips daily. Uh, and my kind of one message would be if you're a business owner, you can actually do something about your tax bill. So make sure you do tax planning and uh, actually save some money. So that's something that I would say. So you know I'm all about saving that money. Awesome. Nat, go ahead. Um, I actually think my highlight was your comment, brown don't frown, baby. No, I think today was a great episode. I, I think everybody came from different experience and backgrounds, and I think it's important we have conversations like that um, because I always like to say you don't know what you don't know. Um, and when we get to have a panel like today, uh, you get to learn from different um, experiences from everybody, and I'm super grateful to hear everybody's experience, and thanks for sharing today. So it means a lot. Thanks, Nat. Thank well, you, yeah. you know, this show is where finance meets romance, so I feel like we covered a lot of financial topics today, yes. a lot of relationship topics today. Yes. Uh, we learned that Dawn, uh, that Sarah thinks that women should be approaching men. I'm on the other <laughs> side of the, the aisle where I'm like, dude, step Just up. Just a flick of the hair. Find your Just girl. Just a flick of the hair. So, so that's a cue Eyelash. right there. Right there. If you see a girl fixing her that's, hair. That's so oh, easy, that's, ladies. That's, that's, and then it's on and they're like, he said. Is that it? Is that the thing? <laughs> oh my God, he wants to marry me. There it is. We're, that today. <laughs> We're off for all next week for July 4th. 
So enjoy uh, America's birthday, mm. ladies and gentlemen. That's right. There's one thing that we stand for here on this show is we love America. Amen. Not all the nonsense <laughs> that's going on in government. <laughs> we don't want to get Catalina uh, triggered right now. But we do love America, and we love you guys for being here. Uh, we'll see you guys when we're back after July 4th. Thanks so much. Peace out.